0: I'm Captain Kirk.
1: Fascinating. (laughs) I'm a doctor, not a mechanic.
0: Thank you, thank you, love you.
1: Most illogical. I
0: thought. Well, that was different. Yep, Rousey, but different. Places,
1: please. And here we go.
0: Welcome, ladies, gentlemen, Bears, Paxons and Things to episode 103, 106, sorry, of the Muppet Trek podcast. I'm Jarman.
1: And I'm Steve, and we're here to compare, contrast, and confer about everyone's favorite franchises, not just ours, everyone's. That's right. The Muppets and Star Trek.
0: That's right. Uh, We do uh, (laughs) one-to-one reviews of Muppet Show and Star Trek, the next generation.
1: Uh, And we're excited to bring it to you. And this week, we have special Muppet Show guest star, Senior Wences, and special guest, Bruce Schwartz, uh, and TNG episode, Code of
0: Honor. Oh, Yeah. And uh, we have some feedback from the audience here from uh, YouTube first. Um, it was a actually at a play on nerds episode, uh, okay. b- but it was the Muppet Wizard of Oz episode we did back in the that day. That is
1: one of our most <laughs> viewed episodes. It's got a couple thousand views. I know. I think, I think. Cause
0: it's just so niche niche because
1: it was just. Yeah, know, we, we just come up on searches for some reason with the weird mix of terms <laughs> you put in there.
0: Mm hmm. I bet there's very few videos about that movie. Um, so on the YouTube channel, uh, I actually didn't write down the name of the person. Because I don't even think they're going to listen to this. but That's fine. They said uh, before Dorothy heads to her audition, Uncle Henry refers to the Muppets as the most powerful puppets in Hollywood. He's, and they said, I can't be sure. I think this is the first and only time in the Muppet verse where they've been acknowledged as outright as puppets. And is that accurate, Steve? You uh. think? In canon, it might be. I don't know.
1: I would have to look. But I can't I can't imagine it is. Because
0: it's funny because in this episode we're going review, they they do make meta jokes about, you know, we're not puppets, but puppets are cool. You know, like they keep making jokes about it.
1: In this one, but I cannot imagine that. The, that Jim took himself so seriously that he never poked fun at the fact that they were puppets. At some point, that's true. Yeah. I can't imagine it. Now, mind you, I could be wrong. This could be a huge reality thing, but I can. I bet you, if I search just a little bit, I could find something.
0: But it was a good observation.
1: I could probably find something on Tough Pigs, where someone has written an entire article about every time.
0: Yeah, that's true. The
1: puppets, <laughs> the
0: Muppets, have admitted they are puppets. Muppets, admitting puppets. Um, and also Daniel Peter Hitch on Twitter said that we are one of his favorite podcasting duos. And it was in a response Ooh. to the podcasting movement account, which is a big uh, uh, social media thing that brings podcasters together. Put out this question of who are your favorite uh, podcasting duos on Twitter. And uh, oh, yeah. And so Peter Daniel Peter Hitch was like. You know, you guys are one of my favorites. He listed a few uh, different shows, but we were on the, the top five list there. So thank Whoa, you. That's crazy.
1: It. I love it. Well, maybe we will. Maybe we'll get some listenership. Who knows? We'll be OK. I'm going to try to be good now.
0: <laughs> you guys didn't even know before. <laughs> and Aunt Sam Thompson on Twitter said, "Um, when you get to the Chris Langham episode, which is not on Disney Plus, I recommend using archive.org to watch it. So thank okay. you, Aunt Sam Thompson. Yeah, we'll eventually get to that episode. Is that the one uh, well, with no, the guy I, who is – I think that's the one that that we've previously said we will not – Oh, that's either. right. That's the guy who might Which have been I, accused I of so. uh, sex, sexually abusing a child or something like that.
1: We'll we'll look it up. I don't want to – in fact, we should probably cut that right there. Okay. <laughs> Just <laughs> right. cut – put a flag in, please. <laughs> cut that assumption there. Um
0: <laughs> okay so that might be an episode we don't watch we're still we'll uh, checking it out so we'll we're going to see what that's all about and see if there's a reason why we shouldn't even review it but we'll check it out and get back to that but thank you for giving us a, an option to check it out for sure so um, Steve tell us about the guest star for this episode Senor Wences and with a uh, special guest uh, uh, Bruce Schwartz <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that's right Senior Wences uh,
1: a ventriloquist that came to America in the 30s uh, he was performing in clubs until his big uh, break uh, and it was on the Ed Sullivan Show, and he guested 48 times wow. on the Ed Sullivan Show. He then had, he had shows in Vegas and on Broadway, um, and he uh, received a Lifetime Achievement Award um, from the U.S. National Comedy Hall of Fame in 1996. At the age of 100, he finally agreed to retire and actually passed on his characters and his act to a female uh, ventriloquist named uh, Michelle LaFong. He
0: who still apparently does Crazy. some of his
1: act. And he died in 99 a few days after turning 103. Crazy. Uh, Bruce Schwartz uh, has actually been on the show before. Uh, he performed on the Cleo, Lanes, Cleo Lane episode. Uh-huh. Uh, so we've seen him before. Um, but what does our audience know him from? Uh, well, my dad's generation knows Senior Wences from things like US TV appearances and the Ed Sullivan show. But most folks in our generation, we have no exposure, really. Um, And then with uh, Schwartz, unless you take yoga in Pasadena, California, no, you don't know Bruce Schwartz either. That's what he does now? (laughs) He owns a studio in Pasadena, California and has been teaching (laughs) since 98 or something like that.
0: So I'd say my knowledge of Senior Wences was there without me knowing it. My father growing up would always say, sorry, it's okay, it's okay. Saray?
1: I kind of remember that.
0: Yeah, and I never knew what it was from. I just thought it was a weird thing he said, and it must have been from something. But then I didn't know it was Senor Wences that he Senior was Wences, quoting man. this whole time, probably from the Ed Sullivan Show. So uh, there you go.
1: But what are these two guys up to on the puppet Show this week? Well, backstage, everyone embraces the fact that they're putting on a puppet show. And Fozzie tries to work them into his act, and uh, he eventually makes rebellious marionettes. Uh, on stage, uh, Kermit introduces Senior Wences and Bruce Schwartz, but first we get Geppetto and Pinocchio, and he sings a groovy tune, Puppet Man. Up next, we get Senior Wences with Johnny and Pedro in an amazing spinning play that <laughs> it's just incredible. Um, following this, we get a veterinarian's hospital where Piggy tries to play a puppet to the announcer, and on the table is Pinocchio, who wants a nose job. Uh, following this, we get the Swedish chef who makes a little dancer with dough on his hands and performs. These boots were made for walking and sings it. It's so good. It was so
0: short, too. <laughs> uh,
1: Kermit introduces Bruce Schwartz, who uh, performs in a dimly lit uh, Japanese bunraku style piece. I tried to get the words right there. Uh, and it's like a real serious piece of puppetry with. Fan work and mask work and uh, a story about a ghost it's it's kind of crazy uh and up next uh is a dancing clown which can be seen being puppeted by Fozzie above It begins to fight him and eventually <laughs> pulls him down <laughs> um senior Wences hits the stage once more this time he is joined by cecilia chicken uh and I believe he does a little bit of phone work here, and it's really good. Um, Kermit thanks Senior Wences and Bruce Schwartz once more. Fozzie has been turned into a marionette, and that is what we call the Muppet Show.
0: By his own marionette. (laughs) By his
1: own puppet. It is nightmarish. Uh, Very metaphorical. What did, you, what did you think of this week's episode of the Muppet show? Uh, the I thought it and special guest Bruce Schwartz. That's right.
0: I, I thought the, uh, the, they did a lot of meta puppet jokes throughout the episode, which I thought were funny. Um, and, you know, saying like what a great idea that is. And Gonzo's always just saying the whole time, like, that's like a terrible idea. Just having dolls jiggling around. That sounds stupid. <laughs> Probably something that Jim Henson had heard before in his previous life or in the, earlier in his life. And he's like, haha ha, look at me now. <laughs> um and the Bruce Swartz number, I thought was really cool, and would have been better if the lighting was better. I know it's difficult to put him in the darkness and the puppet and light, but it was just it was hard to see some of the details because a lot of times it would be covered by shadow by accident, you can tell not on purpose, like we, yeah, so the lighting was just kind of off, so you would miss some of the performance, but it was really cool, otherwise it was very mesmerizing to watch um and senior Wences. Seems like a very sweet old man, even at this time. But it just felt like it was such an outdated act. And just like with the other ventriloquists we saw, like his mouth was moving a lot when he was doing it. And it was he was known for this same kind of old, tired act for like. 40, 50 years and then became 70 years probably at that point. And it just, even, even the props looked really old and worn out. Like, it's just like, it just seemed like this yeah. was the one trick, kind pony. And he didn't really do anything else besides it. But it fit well with the Muppets. So it worked better than like the other um, Edgar Bergen who was on there. This worked better because it was more of a fluid puppet act. And they kind of integrated him with the whole show. So he made me kind of sad just to watch him, like a sad old man doing a tired routine. But, but.
1: Okay. I got I disagree. Okay. So, so I know that we have this hallmark of a good episode and a good host. And that is when the host interacts well with the Muppets. Right. And he did just nothing. There was just nothing. He had nothing to give them.
0: What, Edgar Bergen?
1: Uh no. Oh, senior Um, Wences. Wences Oh, nothing to give them. (laughs) Just nothing to give them. But I will forgive him because his individual pieces were so, so good.
0: I didn't think they were
1: that good. (laughs) Oh man. I mean, here's the thing: you, the thing you have to remember, and just you have to give him just a little bit of forgiveness. He's like 83.
0: He was already 100 at this point. He's like, we're every year's old
1: here. So I give him a pass that I can see his mouth moving a little.
0: It just made me sad. That's all it did. I feel like I was visiting him in the hospital, and he was senile. And he was timing. just
1: timing. He still had that that quick timing. Oh, it was the very quick. Where, I will give him was that. There were times where it was so fast that I missed it.
0: And the fact that he could still spin plates and juggle that well at his age, I mean, that was really and impressive.
1: Every single voice correctly and not mix them and... It was just, and the, the the telephone work stuff was a
0: great bit. Well, reading his Wikipedia page may be even more sad because it's like these are the same exact bits he's had since he first started when he was like in his twenties. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He's not changed a thing, and it's like, <laughs> like this is it. This is this is what he's got. so <laughs> sadai.
1: I mean, once again, you just have to forget he's 83. I know.
0: He stopped being able to do new material 10 years ago. But that still didn't make it any better for me. It still seemed really bad.
1: <laughs> I was the spinning plates spinning plates very impressive And, and the worried puppets down below the worried characters down below that was just all real good so i i i have to disagree with you i agree that he had nothing to give the muppets he had nothing for them um but you were right he was doing his old shtick but his old shtick was so good that this might be the first time where they've had like a strange guest performer where i'm like yes thank god not another mum and shots <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> mum and shots was great i know you loved mum and shots that season
0: <laughs> i think i did like it it was, it was entertaining <laughs> so yeah for um, me this is a low to middling episode for me uh, not definitely towards the top of the season for me
1: uh, it ends there for me too because because no matter how much i like senior wences there was very little music this episode true there was very little really Muppets like his two big sticks were so big. And then you add in the Bruce Schwartz thing that was, there was probably six minutes of Muppets in the entire 22. That's true. Episode. That's true. Just realistically.
0: I did like a uh, Sattler and Waldorf had little like finger puppets at the end and they threw them off the balcony. <laughs> that was cute. Oh yeah. Um,
1: and, and I liked the, the opening number puppet man. Like I liked that opening number with the, the Pinocchio was doll. Cool.
0: And Fozzie getting Um, taken over by his own puppet was pretty smart and funny.
1: Right. But they were short and there wasn't enough around these three big acts. Right. Um so I'm with you. Same I still ends a weird middling to low episode, but not for the same reason. That's (laughs) kind of funny. (laughs) Sad old man. (laughs) He was great. The episode was blah.
0: He was very happy. He was happy to be there. (laughs) Um All
1: right, music this week. Covet Man, the iconic version of this was recorded by the Fifth Dimension, uh, who is the same group that charted with the single version of Age of Aquarius. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then these boots were made for walking. This is from Nancy Sinatra. That's right. Frank's daughter. This hit number one in the U.S. and the U.K., and uh, the recording was backed by sort of the now infamous Wrecking Crew, which was sort of a collective of L.A. musicians who uh, studio musicians that who were responsible for like hundreds of hits,
0: yeah, through the seventies and eighties. There was just a documentary here in town at the local Enzion Indie Theater. Uh, some
1: service we it. have,
0: I think, has it. Maybe right. It's all about um, it, how many songs they were a part of. It's crazy. Yeah, it's just
1: incredible. Like hundreds of hits. Right. It's just nuts. Um, and th- that was really the only music this week, which is crazy. There was a brief interlude of Teddy Bear's Picnic late, but I didn't bother to pull a fact.
0: Oh, there was teddy bears painting? I didn't even notice. Just
1: there was a little instrumental during, I think, Fozzie's act. Uh, the Grateful Dead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what was, did you think was the best puppeteering moment
0: this week? Um, I'm definitely not giving it to senior Wences, but um, <laughs> I'm going to go to probably the Pinocchio Muppet Man number. Uh, there was a ton of puppets to coordinate and. I thought it was really cool because sometimes you could accidentally see the hole in the wall where their hand would go and you can see them quickly like covering it up with the puppet so they couldn't see where their hole was. So I was like that. There's just so much work that goes into that and they had to even make these little holes in the set where their hands can go and like that shows you just how much goes into this stuff. So I, I really like that one. All right. Well, I'm definitely going to Senior in <laughs> Dang it! <laughs>
1: Specifically his his first act with the, the box and the quick opens and closes and hitting all the voices, um, the true comedy of the little voice down below, below commenting and worrying, um, and then him, an eighty-three-year-old guy spinning two plates—that is
0: pretty cool. I got to give it to Senior Wences.
1: <laughs> well, good in for him. In a middling to low episode,
0: I'm sure he's very happy you, you visited him in the retirement home. <laughs> <laughs> so, German, what happened this week on Star Trek: <laughs> The Next Generation? <laughs> <laughs> well. This, this week, <laughs> this week we have Code of Honor, which is heralded as, uh, as I found out tonight, not considered necessarily always the worst episode of the Next Generation, but in, at least in the top five, almost all the time. Uh, oh no
1: i thought this was it I well no this i thought was it was the too and i
0: i told jolie that about after we watched the episode and she's like well let me look that up was this really the worst one because you know it wasn't maybe as bad as i built it up to be and she looked it up yeah, and this and one was bad though sub rosa is apparently the one we'll get to which is considered pretty unanimously throughout the internet is considered what the worst season is that one i don't remember but i I'm, i don't agree with that i think this may okay. be the worst
1: this um, one's I <laughs> so you to talk about it so we can then talk about it.
0: So the Enterprise has arrived at the planet Ligon 2 to acquire a life-saving vaccine for a fever that could kill millions elsewhere in the galaxy. But first, they must negotiate to get it from the planet's locals, who are very steeped in tradition and, wait for it, a code of honor. Most importantly, later on... Uh, You'll find out that the women own all the property and the men protect and rule it. So that's kind of how their society works. The leader of Ligon, Luton, Luton, uh, transports up to the Enterprise with a sample of the vaccine to show them. And they give him a tour of the ship. But he's most impressed with Tasha Yar being that she is a female protector or security officer in this case. Mm -hmm. Uh, He also makes an aside to his number two guy that he's like, she may work for his plans. Like, ooh, what is that? Oh. And as they're about to leave the ship, he thanks Picard for his graciousness and then quickly transports down uh, to his planet while kidnapping Tasha with him. So they're going to attack them in know what to do. But the crew does some research and they figure out that Luton must have done this as part of their culture as an act of heroism. And that if Picard shows patience and then asks politely for Yar back, Luton should oblige. So Picard eventually goes down to the planet to attend a dinner there with Luton where he publicly, in front of everybody, politely asks for Yar back, but Luton goes against his word and says he wants Yar for his wife. And when he announces that, this enrages the woman, whose name is Yarina, uh, who is already set up to be his wife. So she challenges Yar to a duel to the death. And Luton says that if they do not duel to the death, he will not uh, he will not give the vaccine to the Enterprise. So Yar goes through with it, even though she knows that she'll kick the Lagonian woman's ass because Starfleet you know, training is just top of the galaxy. And they duel the death, and Yar kills her with a poisonous weapon, but secretly Picard and the Enterprise crew had a plan all along, and they immediately transport Yar and the first woman to the Enterprise Arena where they bring her back from the brink of death. Uh Lutan, thinking that she's dead, uh is doesn't really mind that Yar transported away because apparently all he wanted was for his first woman to be dead this whole time, so he could gain control of her land. So he hands over the vaccines, and Picard has a medical team go collect them, and then all of a sudden Picard transports him and his number two two guy up to the Enterprise, where Luton now discovers that his first woman, Yurina, is still alive. But since technically she died first, she's now free of Luton, and she binds herself instead to Luton's second guy instead. Uh, Luton that in a last- becomes elastich- her first. Yeah, she becomes his first, her first, and then- Luton then asks Yard, to last-ditch effort if he wants, to, she still wants to marry him. <laughs> and she's like, no thanks. So, <laughs> Luton then becomes Yurina's second. She's like, you're my number two now. Exactly. Um, And then they get the vaccines. Luton goes back down. Everybody's happy. And there's problematic things we'll discuss later on. Yeah. Um, so, Steve, maybe you'll get into that. But what's your reaction to this episode?
1: <laughs> okay. So, some things I liked. Mm. Uh This is a tough one, yeah, (laughs) because between the premise and the costume and cultural choices and the confusion of the story that actually occurred, the only body to pull out of this fire (laughs) is the fact that Tasha Yar does get flushed out a bit as a character. Mm -hmm. And what I I don't really like her character. I'm not saying that that in itself (laughs) is a good thing, but it sends and it continues to send the message. And demonstrate what new Star Trek is going to be, which is going to be willing to have more in depth episodes about single characters. Right. And characters will have more depth and more to their story to explore.
0: Not just three main characters, but like an ensemble cast.
1: Right. Um, and so it's the message of that sent that I think is the thing I appreciate about this episode, um, because I don't really care for Taji. Tod- <laughs> well, yeah. I just, don't, I just don't care for her. Um, and then dislikes. Um, things i had some trouble with um i just wrote everything else (laughs) (laughs) that's literally my note dislikes everything
0: else so i have to just Um, stick in real quick that a trivia that i won't mention later but mention now because it's important for our discussion of it is that the writer wrote this episode with no intention of any kind of race these people were but the director of the episode for some reason decided to make them yeah, he made them all black for some reason, because it's this more primitive kind of uh, people that have, you know, very primitive codes of honor and stuff. And he made them all black, which is very offensive. And then so Gene Roddenberry actually fired him after he found that out. But it was too late because he, they had already hired the actors. They had the costumes. So he got a new director to kind of finish filming the episode. But he said that guy's never going to work in Star Trek again. So good for Gene Roddenberry for eventually doing that. But even without that, continue. Sorry. <laughs> No, uh, just everything else.
1: Um, I think that maybe the good takeaway here is that this is following in the steps of the original series, which also had some just incredibly tone-deaf episodes. Oh, yeah. So it's good, and I hope that Next Generation is getting it out of its system now. (laughs) The man was fired. Good. I didn't know that at the time, but good. (laughs) And let's just not do this again, yeah?
0: Yeah. (laughs) And the worst part, too, is like, I like that they were trying to develop Yar, but they do it really badly because the scenes, especially with her and Troy and Picard, were very confusing and weird and like they were Mm -hmm. implying that she obviously is attracted to the to Lutan. Well she even
1: said it out loud at one point.
0: Yeah, and I'm like, why is she attracted to this weird dude from this planet who's like who kidnapped her? Like this is very strange. (laughs) Like so very misogynistic and weird and just a lot of it didn't make a lot of sense like why were they implying well I don't that whole scene made no sense to me just, whatsoever yeah yes it's very weird um so yeah not just a very badly written episode on top of it being offensive and strange it was just not good but it gets only better from here except for sub Rosa apparently but it's a ghost sex episode it's great I like sub Rosa. yeah ghost sex <laughs> <laughs>
1: <Ba-na-na-na-na-na-na>.
0: so some <laughs> trivia for this episode um so most of the trivia is just what people, the people in the cast said about this episode, which I think is hilarious. Um, some of the cast, including Jonathan Frakes, Riker, sought to prevent the episode from being re-aired, but they failed. Um, in a 2012 interview, Brent Spiner, our data, he recalled, it was just a racist episode. Maybe not intentionally, but it felt that way and looked that way. It was the third episode, so it was fortuitous that we did our worst that early on and it never got quite that bad again, <laughs> which is great. Good. Jonathan Frakes referred to the episode as a racist piece of shit at a 2007 sci-fi convention in Toronto, Canada. He told the audience, the worst and most embarrassing and one that even Gene Roddenberry would have been embarrassed by was that horrible racist episode from the first season, Code of Honor. Oh, my God in heaven, he says. (laughs) Um, In an interview with Entertainment Weekly in 2012, Patrick Stewart agreed with fans who consider The Measure of a Man to be the first truly great episode of the series, which is coming up soon. Stating that the first season had several quite weak episodes. Referring to this episode in particular, he said, I can think of of one early on that involved a race of black aliens that we all felt quite embarrassed about. (laughs) He's so British and polite about that. And uh, Star Trek Voyager actor Garrett Wong, um, who plays, uh, oh my God, I'm forgetting his name, uh, said he was in Voyager. He said, "This episode stinks." To which LeVar Burton agreed, adding, "Without question, at DragonCon 2010, <laughs> I was at that DragonCon. Um, about six and a half minutes in, Picard is seen clapping for the Ligonians, and he looks like he's almost doing it sarcastically. Um, a brief snippet of this footage has become a popular internet meme and a GIF, and it's often used <laughs> to indicate sarcasm. Though in the scene, Picard's actions are genuine, but it's it's a really funny, weird little clap he does." Nice. And that's our trivia. So, Steve, what are your Trek Connection Muppet Connections this time around?
1: All right. Well, the actor Jesse Lawrence Ferguson played Lutan. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesse was also in The Adventures of Buckaroo Bonsai across the fifth dimension. He was one of the bad guys, like the Electroids or whatever they're oh, called. Yeah, and we've
0: reviewed that for a play on nerds.
1: Yeah. Um, so this movie also has John Lithgow in it. And Lithgow was tapped to provide the voice of Jim Henson for his entries in the audiobook version of It's Not Easy Being Green, which is one of my favorite books.
0: Oh, very nice.
1: Um and then Julian Christopher, who's the actor who played Hagon, uh he has had bit one and two line parts in 113 movies and t or tv shows. Wow. He's 139 b-, b credits, but the roles are all quick tiny things. Not all of them, many of them. Getting them paychecks. Um, so <laughs> he played a prison truck, and this is where the jar just opens up. I hope you're ready. He played a prison truck driver in X-Men three, the last stand. Oh God. Which also had Patrick Stewart. Um, and this is where I just go down this um this rabbit hole of people that were on Sesame Street that were in X-Men three. <laughs> <laughs> Random, uh, it just kept going. Um, so let's see, we got Rebecca Romaine, she did a word of the day in season 41. Um, Halle Berry did a word of the day in 43. Kelsey Grammer was the voice of Snowball the Pig. Now, uh, this is not related it's in Hallmark's made for TV version of Animal Farm, which was done by the Jim Henson Creature Shop. Oh, nice. James Marsden, word of the day, season 42. I think I said Halle Berry already. That's crazy. Patrick Stewart did a version of Hamlet's soliloquy, "Be or not a be. I seen in that. Season thirty-five of Sesame Street. Hugh Jackman did a PSA with Elmo in two thousand nine Australia. Sir Ian McKellen did a word of the day in forty-five, and Anna Paquin was in True Blood, which was spoofed as True Mud in season forty-one of episode Ses- of Sesame Street. Wow. The jar just opened up. And, <laughs> Plentiful, and,
0: bountiful. facts pickles
1: spill everywhere. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. That's some good connections, man. Uh, which makes sense Bam. because it's the same episode. They really were. Same. Uh, but both feature what a medical staff, me? the uh, veterinary hospital, and then the medical staff getting the vaccine on Star Trek. <laughs>
1: Uh, I took it from a different angle. Uh, both feature people going to an unhelpful place for medical attention. Uh, the crew going to Ligon 2 for vaccines and then getting tricked. And then Pinocchio going to the vet hospital for actual
0: medical attention. Oh, well, Similar but different. I like it. Different, uh, yeah. Both have a beautiful woman that becomes something scary. Uh, the first one, Yurina, uh, becoming a ferocious warrior. And the Japanese dancing woman becoming a scary demon.
1: in the Muppets that's good that's good no man you know you've been coming up with some real original ones recently I gotta up my game I gotta up my game Uh, both feature people being lured into a false sense of security and then being betrayed Uh, the crew thinking that the vaccine that they needed was almost at hand only to be snatched away as Yard was kidnapped and me with Senior Wences and his characters because I'm starting to think at least one of them is his hand.
0: (laughs) Mine was uh, somewhat similar. I think I've been tricked. Yeah, that old man tricked you. Uh, (laughs) uh, Both have someone thinking they're in control when they end up being controlled themselves. Uh, The Ligonian leader in Star Trek, thinking his plan to steal Yar and kill his first one wife, have worked out when really Picard has pulled a fast one on him. And the marionette that Fozzie tries to use in control ends up controlling him as a marionette. (laughs) <laughs> nice. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. What's that noise? Transporter malfunction. Transporter malfunction. So it's part of the show where we transport one of the characters from one episode to the other and vice versa. So what you got for us, Steve?
1: i him up as this week. I'm going to bring over the crazy spike ball hand blades and replace <laughs> all of Senior Wences' puppets. <laughs> oh, no. And then just we just watch people die the whole episode. He's gonna die. He die. And then Muppets coming out to try to help him, and one of them picks up the glove and pokes another the one. They all, everyone die. They just all the Muppets <laughs> come out and die.
0: The first person to die for sure is Senior Wetzel. He's oh dead. Oh my god. Alright, <laughs> <laughs> It's not alright. <laughs> it's not alright. Oh god. <laughs> um, oh man, Muppets <laughs> the Star Trek. Uh, I'm gonna have no Star Trek to Muppets. I'm going to have Luton switch places with Senior Wences because he would be super serious about his ventriloquism, but he'd be really (laughs) bad at it, and he'd yell at anybody not paying attention for their rudeness.
1: I'm imagining him with the hand puppet on.
0: I am this hand puppet. Listen to me. (laughs) It's all right. It's all right.
1: All right. (laughs) right. (laughs) Uh, Muppets of Trek, I'm going to bring over Fozzie's clown puppet uh, to replace Tasha Yar in the final contest with Fozzie trying to puppeteer him from above. (laughs) And finally, the puppet pulling Fozzie down and hits one of those electrified pylons and has like a funny
0: electrocution. You keep killing Muppets everywhere. (laughs) And people. And people. (laughs) Uh, Muppets of Star Trek, I'm going to have Senior Wences go right back and replace Luton. Uh, He'd tell everyone that he wants his wife dead so he can uh, take her land. But when he brings out his wife, it's just his hand with a wig on it. (laughs) People are like, you want to kill your own hand? It's all right. It's all right. (laughs) (laughs) So that brings us to the end of episode 106 of the Muppet Trek podcast. Uh, Join
1: us next time uh, for the Muppet Show with special guest Debbie Harry.
0: And the Next Generation episode, The Last Outpost. So, from the lovers, the dreamers, and us. Live long and prosper, everyone. Bam. Thanks for listening to the Muppet Trek Podcast. Be sure to follow us on social media, on Facebook and Twitter. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. This podcast has been brought to you by A Play on Nerds.